Easter, everybody. It's a little after 12 noon on a Sunday. Blessed Sunday. For all of you celebrating Easter out there, happy Easter. I'm hoping you have a wonderful time with your families. I'm, I'm hoping that everything goes well. But weather could be a little bit better. Yeah. We're talking about a rainstorm here tomorrow, tomorrow night into Tuesday. And then if you live in a certain part of the Northeast, like if you live further north, well, sorry to say it, the majority of those colder places up north, like Massachusetts and Connecticut and Maine, you're all going to get snow. Now, I'm not a weather forecaster, but that's what they said, nor'easter in April. Here, it won't be. We'll just get rain because the temperatures are warm here. So, holidays again for me are difficult, you know. Um, it's hard for me to celebrate. I know that I have tried not to think about or try not to be sad, but it's hard. Every holiday that has passed, I've been alone. I've always wanted my mother and father to come back so we could spend that time together, so we could have the laughter in the house, we could have the people walking in and out, we can have something going on. But I don't want to be depressed, you know. Again, if all of you are lucky enough to have your parents, spend as much time with them as possible. Make memories. And if you're adults, young adults or adults, and you have children of your own and they're lucky enough to be grandparents, bring them over, spend time with them. Because again, life is short. We don't want for someone or the the bunch of you to feel guilty that you don't spend time with your loved ones. One day, they will be gone. And if you're still alive and you're alone, you're going to think back at the time, why didn't I go see my family? Why didn't I make... See, for me, it's a little difficult. And the reason being is I'm still... I'm still mourning. But you're not seeing it on the outside. I'm internally crying on the inside, especially with a holiday like Easter. My mother, for her, was sacred, you know, even when my father passed away. The first three years were difficult because we really didn't celebrate. What was there to celebrate? The head of the family wasn't here. The head of the household was missing. The one time we had Easter over at the house and everybody came, it it was very emotional and sad. He was not sitting at the head of the table. And then, many years later, she wasn't there. They were both missing. I tried my very best not to break down, but it was difficult because, again, Everything changed in my life when I lost my parents. I saw things differently. I saw life different. I say to myself, let's not take each other for granted. In other words, life is short, right? In the time that you have on this earth, make a difference. Let your legacy come out now as you're alive and not when you're dead. You know, a lot of people regret. They say, well, I didn't start living my life until this time again age there is no age when it comes to what you want to do with your life 
You could start at any age. Now I look at myself and say, okay, I'm grateful I have a job now. I worked really hard and long to get this position because I was out of work for for three years and just getting back into the swing of things. Now it's you know, it's it's important to me to get back into the swing of things. But I also have priorities. It's not just work. It's the people that I care about in my life, especially one person in particular, one man in particular. If you are listening, we have a love that's very strong. The fact of the matter is, he's on one side of the world. I'm on the other. You know what's separating us? The ocean. That's what's separating us. And I know in time, and he's told me to be patient. Things will come into play. We will be together. I understand that. Again, time. How much time does a person have to go out there and make something for themselves instead of sitting there talking about it? Let's go out and do something about it. You know, actions speak louder than words, right? My mother had always said to me, "I looked at you." As a, a young woman who has potential, you're smart. I'm book smart, and I'm also people smart. But I have my own way of interpreting situations, problems. How do you solve this problem? I just—it comes naturally for me. You know, a lot of people think life is challenging. Yes, it is. Living a life is challenging. When you're a child, everything is simple, right? When you're a child, when you're a child, you have your parents taking care of your needs. They provide for you. They give you an education. They clothe you. They feed you. They take care of you, right? When you get to be a certain age, now you have to learn to take care of yourself. You have to go out there and make a life for yourself. You have to go out and do the things that they did when they were quote your age. If I look at my parents and I admire them and revere them, they were my true heroes when it came to the the type of life that they led. See, I want to do a search. I want to do a search of my family. Maybe there's some other people in the family that we don't know about that exist. Maybe there's you know some type of royalty, maybe. I'm not saying there could be, but you never know. If you do a DNA search to see who's really in my family, are there people that I'm not aware of? You know, maybe I have long distant cousins. I know I have cousins in one part of the world. That's your immediate cousins, but you could have other people you may be related to that you don't know anything about. When you do the search, do you know how amazing that is? We should all look into our family tree. You never know what type of people you can meet. The people that you come across to in your life, you could cross paths with one another. You could cross paths with with someone that you didn't know was a part of your family. That's exciting. That's like a good virtual history lesson. So you ask yourself, the people that are in your life right now matter to you. My significant other. I love him so much. We love each other. We compliment one another. We have again a similar background, but I look at my life a little differently, and how I was brought up. And to mention, I am the type of woman. I'm the type of woman that doesn't expect material, material possession. I. 
I'm not a designer woman. You know, growing up, my father could afford whatever he could afford. And I took it with a grain of salt. You know, think about this. When you love someone, you look past who they are and what they do for a living and their financial status. If you overlook someone who doesn't have much of anything, well, that tells me that the only type of people you care to attract to bring into your life are people that have, quote, riches. And I think that's very shameful. I really believe you could love someone regardless of where they come from, regardless of their background, regardless if that's not important. You know what's important? Let me look into your soul. Let me look to see the type of person you are. There's someone that I want to be around, someone who makes me feel good about me, and I can do the same for them. If you're around a person who makes you feel terrible, who who puts you down, who's always negative, would you want to be around them for that period of time? No, because then you're going to start acting like them. And who wants that? I don't. But I look at my mother and father as the perfect example of how they grew up. You know, imagine this, okay? Let's put it in perspective here. Imagine, put yourself as them... Go back into the time where they lived at. They had to instantly grow up. They didn't have a childhood. You know how me and you and the rest of us have a childhood? We're able to go out into the sunshine. We're able to go out and play with our friends. We're able to do the things that children do. They were not so lucky. They had to take on the responsibility of being a grown-up. Do you know to put that type of responsibility on a child? Do you know how hard that is? But they didn't give up. That's the one thing that I knew about my mother and father. They never gave up, despite the conditions they were living in. They didn't have much of anything. I looked at a picture of my father and my uncle and aunts. I saw the clothes they wore. They had very little, but they made do with what they have. Appreciate what you have in life versus what you don't have. You know, a lot of people take for granted. A lot of people want a better life. You can make a better life for yourself. You don't have to live the life you're living now. Who says you have to live in poverty? Who says you have to live in misery? Who says you have to live in sadness and darkness? No, you can get yourself out of that. You can make something happen. But instead of saying it, go out and do it. You know, a lot of people don't want to. They're afraid. There's nothing to be afraid of. Are you going to make a mistake? Yes. Isn't that a part of life? Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody's always learning. I'm still learning how to do things that I never thought I could do. I look at the hidden talents that I have. I know I have talents hidden somewhere. The question is, I want to see where they're at and try to find them. I'm always trying to learn so much about myself. Where do I come from? What my parents were like as children. I always wanted to know what they were like as children because their life wasn't as wasn't as wasn't filled with happiness. It was more of a dark time. Depression. I mean, even the word depression. The Great Depression. What was so great about the depression? People were trying to support their families. There were no jobs, lack of food, lack of everything. It basically people were downright in poverty. When you ask me, well, what's the difference? There are there is a difference between poor and poverty. They're two different definitions. If you look it up, you see for yourself. What's the difference between poverty and poor? Well, if you're poor, you have very little. 
But I've seen people who are poor that have lived in a home that's not as grand as, say, you know, an estate or, you know, a home that has a lot more, a lot more rooms. No, but it's a home, right? And you have a little bit of clothing, a little bit of food. Now, when you're in poverty, again, how my father and mother grew up, because again, they lived in the villages and the villages at that time. And, and I think I, I, I really also had this conversation with my older sister. I said, well, where, where did you guys grow up? Because they were also born in Greece. But I think the area where they lived at was a little different, a little bit better. Yeah. But when my mother and father grew up as children and their families, no electricity, no running water, they were in darkness. It was like they had to make do. But they did survive it. You know, I think that if you get through life with everything that's thrown at you, the type of situation, the type of life that you're living, you can get through it. Let's think about this. Again, appreciate what you have now versus what you don't have. There are a lot of people that are pining for what everyone else has. Why do you want to copy off of someone? See, for me, again, less is more. I don't care to accumulate stuff because all it is is stuff. It has no value. It has no emotion or feeling. Think about this. Do an inventory of your home. Things that you have that you don't even use anymore that are sitting in the closet collecting dust. Pull it out. Say to yourself, do I really need this? No. I'm going to give it to someone who can use it. Think about the things that you don't need anymore. I have a lot of things I don't want anymore. As a matter of fact, if I go in my closet, if I go in any of the rooms that are empty, I have stuff in boxes. And I'm trying to find a way to give them to people. Because again, they're not doing it for me. I, you know, I don't have an emotional attachment to them. I can easily give away all the things that I have and feel good about giving them away to people who've never had a thing that they owned of their own. Think about this, all right? When I look at my parents, I try to picture how their life would have been if they hadn't been poor. If they hadn't lived in poverty, it would have been different, right? When you grow up at a time during the Great Depression, you say to yourself, I have to make do with what I have. So they instantly had to grow up. They instantly had to become grown-ups, both my mother and father. My mother, though, her story was a little more, I'm not going to say tragic, I'm going to just say that it wasn't, well, what's the word I want to use? It was difficult. The reason being, her father, the head of the household, decided, he made the decision, I am not going to stick around and help out my wife and my five children. So you left them. To be with a woman. He had a mistress. Okay. There was a lot of tension. I found out about this. And I said to myself. Wow. So. You're leaving your. Your wife and your children. To fend for themselves. At that time of need. To be with a woman. Who already has kids. And help her out. With her family. That's like a slap in the face. Right. But my mother. Again. Despite the fact. That her father did that. To all of them. She still loved him. 
for me, I'm trying to understand that. And I think to myself, I'm so grateful that my own father did not do that. If we had to do this all over again, if we had had some type of turmoil or situation or crisis, I know that my father would not leave my mother and us behind. I know that for a fact. He was the type of man that will find a way to make it work. The good thing about that is, and again, I've, I, I've always wanted to ask my mother this, so she had a hard time talking about her father, but she was also, I believe, now this is my own personal opinion, that the relationship I had with my own father, she had wanted for her and her father, and she didn't get it. And I know that her father loved them, but had a hard time showing it or didn't know how to show it. But by leaving your family in that time of great need is terrible. And then you say to yourself, I have to get on somehow. My mother told me the story of how she had to be, quote, a second mother. Yes, her grandfather helped her out. She developed a close bond with her grandfather. It wasn't the same thing as the father-daughter bond. Now I always stress to fathers out there who have daughters, make that bond strong. Spend as much time as you can with each other. Because I look at my father. Yes, I had him when I was a little girl and up until my teenage years. But right before 21, two months after, he passed away. And my bond with him just broke. And I was envious. Yes, I will admit it to you. I was envious of the people that had the daughters that had that special quality time with their father still. They got to see life's cherished moments. You know, their father saw their daughters walking down the aisle, they got married, they had children, they became grandparents. You know, those things that are precious that we take for granted. Again, he never got a chance and he would always talk about it. He would walk down the street, would walk together, we would take walks together as father and daughter, right? He would talk to the neighbors, and he would tell the neighbors, well, this is my youngest daughter. He was so proud, he would boast to everybody, this is my youngest daughter, and when she gets married, we're going to invite everybody. And he really made me blush. He made me turn red. I'm like, Dad, we really don't have to do this. No, when you get married, we're going to have a grand celebration. But he never had that chance to see me progress in life, succeed in life. Yes, I had my ups and downs, and I looked at him as his work ethic. He was never a man who wanted things or got things just because everybody else had them. There was no competition. My father did what he could to give us a better life than what him and my mother had gone through as children. If you say to yourself, if you had to go back to that time, would you be able to? Well, let me put it to you this way. We are resilient as human beings. We've gone through so many crises. Look at all the things that have happened in history that you could think of. People have come out strong, and not just in this part of the world, all over the world, globally. Look at all the wars. Look at all the tragedies that have befallen this part of the world, but it's also affected other parts of the world. Everybody gets affected, and it doesn't matter where you're from. I have an understanding of people. But I, I also stand out from everybody, and I am different. And I don't see anything wrong with being different. When you love someone, what do you look at? You look at the person themselves. You don't look at what they have. You don't start judging and criticizing. The day that you do that, I don't want to know you. I don't even want to be around a person who does that. 
I've seen it all too too well growing up, being exposed to my, quote, ex-friends, of the types of people they tried to impress upon, to attract. But they got looked over because of the fact that they didn't have much of anything. I'm like, well, you know what? That's shameful. That's not true friendship. People should accept you as you. The same thing when you when you meet someone for the first time. There's that instant connection. What do you what do you share in common with them? We have the same goals, the same ideas, the same thoughts. But for me, what do I look for? Someone who who loves me for me, who appreciates me as me, who accepts me as me. And I already have that with this man. We compliment one another. We appreciate one another. We respect one another. That's the key word, respect. If you don't have respect, then everything else will just fall apart. Think about that. Respect, understanding. And then everything else will come into play. But if you cannot respect, if you cannot respect the person that you're with, if they want you to respect them, but you can't respect them, it's not going to work, right? So ask yourself this question. What's important to you when you're looking for someone? You know, they always say that people meet by accident. And it's a good thing. My mother, <clears throat> my mother had said this to me when I was going through my downfall with the three relationships that went nowhere, okay? <clears throat> and she had said to me, when you least expect it, you will meet someone that will, that will compliment you, that will accept you as you, that will love you for you, that will not try to change you. When you start trying to change someone, it's not going to work. There's going to be issues. There's going to be problems. It's like, well, you can't accept me for how I am. You're trying to change me. Don't try to change me. Accept me as me. I am different from every other person out there. I am different from all the other women. And another thing that I want to bring up very quickly, women, this is for females now. And if you think that I'm attacking you, I'm not attacking you, but I've seen it up close. Appreciate the person that you have in your life. A man that loves you, that takes care of you, that that treats you with respect, that doesn't put you down. You know, you got yourself a man who will do good things with you, for you. And I've seen how women in the past, and this was when I was still, quote, in my younger years, they would talk about their husbands or boyfriends in a negative light. Why do you do that? You would compare them to other men. It's like telling me you're not happy with who you have in your life. Think about all the women that are out there that are trying to find that special someone. And they've given up because they think, well, that person doesn't exist. Oh, yes, they do exist. Everybody has that one person that compliments them. Never give up finding them. You can meet them by accident. You never know where you might meet them. You can meet them by accident. You could be in the store together. Or, or, or if you're doing business with someone, it could happen. You can meet from another company. and you, you know, It could happen. But again, you're not going to know until you physically go out there. Like for me, I've had three bad relationships. And my mother, when she was alive, saw the pain I was going through. She said to me, I don't want you to give up. Don't close your heart just yet. There's somebody out there for you. 
And when you two are brought together, you know how I know that you're going to be brought together? Because God will bring the both of you together. You will have that connection with him. He will see that you two are meant to be with each other. Right? You think to yourself, why do women, that if you have someone in your life, why do you have to, to criticize? Why do you have to put down? A lot of men sometimes wonder, well, look at the person that I'm with. A lot of times when I've seen men and women do this to each other, they criticize one another, they put each other down. Now think of all the people that don't have anybody that wants someone that they could compliment with, someone that they could talk with, have a conversation with, go out with, just be around, give off positive vibes. You know, the true personality of a person lies within your soul, within your soul. And when I was growing up, I looked at myself, the friends that I had when I went through college, one of the men, because again, I had more male friends than female friends, the females and me just didn't get along, you know. Um, And one of them said, you know, this was like right after my father passed away. I was in my early 20s. I wasn't really looking for anybody. I was trying to find out who I was, and I was in the process of being, quote, still in mourning. Because I lost the one person in my life that gave me, that made me feel beautiful inside and out. My father had a way of doing that. So one of my friends said to me, you know, you're such a beautiful young woman. Why haven't you... Because at the time, I wasn't looking. I was trying to find me going on to a self, self-journey self of me. Who am I? Where do I come from? Why was I named after the name that I have? Then I found out, well, you were named after your grandmother. I was. I was named after my grandmother. She had the name Aphrodite. Both my sisters have normal names. So when I was growing up and I went to school, I was teased at because I was different, number one. And number two, I had a foreign name, although a lot of people always assume because I was born here with a foreign name that I didn't speak a word of English. Well, guess what? I opened up my mouth, I spoke, and they were shocked. Ooh, they were shocked. And I appreciate me and my name, my circumstances. Where do I come from? But I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of how my parents grew up. Because again, the difficult times that they faced, they got through it. They never gave up. They could have easily said, hey, look, we're not going to feed our children. We're just going to starve ourselves to death. We're going to get ourselves sick. No, they didn't think like that. They said, we have to get out of this situation, and they did. They lived to tell about it. There's your history lesson. Let's go back. Did I learn that in school? No. I learned that because I watched my parents. My parents told me stories. I saw pictures. I said to myself, I admire my father and his work ethic. Because, again, how he grew up. He had to help out. He was the second oldest in his family. He had to help out his brother and sisters and his parents through that difficult time. My mother, on the other hand, had it a little more difficult. Why? Because her father walked out on them and said, look, I don't want to do this. I don't have any responsibility to my wife and my children. But she still loved him. Which to me, again, I'm trying to understand that. Will I ever understand that? Well, let me put it to you in this way. And I mentioned this many podcasts ago. No matter what your parents do to you in your lifetime, you are going to love him. You're going to love your parents, regardless of whether they're good or bad to you. You know why? They gave you life. They created life. Yes, they make mistakes. 
like like children make mistakes. So it's like the reverse. If your children are bad in your eyes, you're still going to love them. My mother drilled that into my head. She said to me, you cannot do anything wrong. Even if you turn bad, I'm still going to love you. I am your mother. I am your mother. So say that to your children. Anybody whose parents out there, you are going to love your children no matter what. They cannot mess up. If they do mess up, what are you going to tell them? Are you going to hurt them? No. Anybody who hurts their children, I do not have respect for. I've seen it. I've seen it in front of me growing up. How how young young children, children that are ch- children, children that are children that have taken care of children. You still don't know. If I look at myself back in the day when my nephew, my nephew at the time before my my father passed away, we he'd spend time over here at my mom's. My mom would take care of him, my sister would go off to work. And I remember me and my nephew, we walk, I took him for a walk down the end of the block. And there was this bunch of old women on the stoop, sitting on the stairs, and they were whispering like, "Oh, look at that." And they thought that my nephew was my son. So I I played along and they said, "Wow." Because you said to yourself, oh, "It's a, a parent or a child taking care of a child when you're a child yourself." And they looked at it and they're like whispering. And they're like, "Oh, now I again, I played along with it. I acted, okay? And they were like, "How old is your son?" "Oh, he's 2." "Oh, he's such a well-behaved little boy. You must be proud of him." "Yes, I'm very proud of him." They thought that they thought that I was his mother and all reality I wasn't his mother I was his aunt but 19 years old and then as I was walking away I heard them Did it bother me? No. I just played along with it. I said, "Hey, because I see how the younger generation if you have children you should be more responsible number 1 and number 2 if you're going to have children you better treat them with kindness and respect children need love don't buy children stuff you know yes there is a time and a place for that and i have actually seen how children try so hard in school to please their parents because their parents want them to be doctors and lawyers let your child grow on its own let him or her develop their own skills and whatever they do in life support them My mother and father did that for all of us. They didn't say we want you to be a lawyer. We want you No, they didn't push that on us. Whatever you want to be in life, that's what you're going to be. So as parents, you are going to love your children. You're going to support them no matter what they want to do in their life. Don't try to be the parents that push that type of well, my father, my my son and daughter have to have good grades, straight A's to get into law school or medical school. No. Let them become what they want to become. If you force them your dreams of what they should become, at some point down the line, the relationship is going to get severed. See me and my father growing up had a very strong bond. And I was saddened and depressed when I lost him. Again, I got myself into these situations cuz I couldn't mourn properly. But I survived it. I cheated death 6 times, 6 times. Ask yourself, are you immortal? No. 
I willed myself and I said to myself, if I give up now, then everything that I want to accomplish in life will not be accomplished. It'll just be talk. Instead of talking, do it. Instead of saying it out loud, go out and do it. What's the worst thing that could happen? You fall flat on your face? Look, in life, we all make mistakes. I'm still making mistakes, but I'm also learning at the same time, too. And it's okay. It's okay. Nobody says you have to be perfect because perfection, again, is non-existent. Although a lot of people think, well, you have to do it this way because if you don't, then you're not perfect. I don't want to be perfect. I want to be better. I don't want to be the best. When you say you're the best, that's like saying you're perfect. And again, perfection does not exist here. Perfection doesn't exist anywhere in this world. But everybody always tries to put on airs. Oh, I'm better than you. Good for you. Uh, you know what I've been called in my lifetime? Growing up and even now? You're bizarre. You're strange. You're weird. You're quirky. You're Yeah, thank you. I take that as compliments. Thank you. Yes, I choose to be different. I choose to be strange and bizarre. I've been called many things in my lifetime. Thank you. Is it an insult? Well, the only time I would even consider it as an insult if you call me horrible names. You know how when men get angry at women and they call them horrible names? I'm not going to mention them, but we know what we're talking about. They start with the B, the C, the H, the S. Yeah, no. You never say that to anything about a woman, especially someone that you supposedly care about. When you start saying hurtful words to women, what kind of a person are you? When my father and mother had their fights, I will admit that to you. And I thought to myself, why are they fighting? Because they've gone through so much together. Yes, they're not always going to agree on everything. But I will tell you one thing. In all the years that I grew up, my father never once, never once struck my mother, never once laid a hand on her, and never once verbally attacked her and called her names. Because if he did that, I would not have any respect for him. I said to myself, Dad, there's a time and a place for fighting. When you do it in front of children, children pick up on what grown-ups do. That's why I always say, be careful what you say around your children. Be careful what you do. Children copy off of grown-ups. You want them to grow up in a loving environment. Let there no be, let there no, be no, no tension, no hostile environment, no bad-mouthing, no name-calling. Because when you start to do that as grown-ups, then when they do it and they copy and you tell them, no, you're not supposed to do that. Well, I saw you and Mommy do that, fighting. So my mother and father did yell and scream. And my father at the time thought, if I lose my temper and I hurt her, I'm never going to forgive myself. So you know what he did? He took a walk. He went out, cleared his head, came back, and whatever they fought didn't exist. My father was the opposite. Now, my father did have a temper only to protect his family from strangers and outsiders. And he had choice curse words that he would say. I heard him a few times. I may believe that I didn't know him. Because when he would get angry, boy. But again, he never took that anger back home with him and attacked his family. What kind of a man does that? That's not a real man. For all you men out there that have anger bottled up inside, go out and take a walk. Don't ever 
ever lay your hand on the woman that you love and your children. When you start doing that, you will lose control of you and the temper will get the best of you. And your actions, well, let me tell you something. I don't even want to know. I don't even want to, I've seen it. I've seen it done in front of me. I've grown up and seen it done through a friend of mine and her family. Her father was so built up with anger that he just took out his anger on his wife and children. And the consequences were deadly. So don't ever do that. If you have to say something, go out, take a walk. Trust me, it works. My father knew not to do that, because if he did that, then it would be terrible. He would never forgive himself. He can never ever look at himself again. How, how am I gonna do that to the love of my life, he said, and to my daughters. I'm never gonna hurt them like that, never. There is somebody that I respected and loved. I loved his work ethic. He made time for his family. He put them at the top. Again, spend all the time you have with your family now and the people that you love and stop making excuses, stop procrastinating, stop doing all of that. Because again, the time that we have is limited. And a lot of people think, oh, I have plenty of time. Yes and no. And it all depends on what you mean. If you say to yourself, I have to do this, because if I don't, if I keep making excuses, what if something happens one day, a person gets sick, or they get into a bad car accident, something happens to them, you are going to feel guilty and your words are going to come back and haunt you. You're going to hear that little voice in your head saying, why didn't I do this? Why didn't I do that? If I had some time, I would go back and I want my father to come back again. I want him to see this world. He never got a chance to go into the next century. He died in the 20th century before all of this stuff happened in the 21st. I don't know how he would have interpreted it. I don't know if he would have taken it. My mother made it to the 21st century, but again, I miss her so much that the holidays are just hard for me. I can't get through it. But I'm getting through it internally. I'm not letting it affect me on the outside. But it is emotional. And at times like this, yes, I would love to have my father and mother again. Just to tell them I love them. To thank them for everything they've done for me. To help me see that life can be beautiful again. Even through the darkest times. Life can be beautiful. So I'm going to let all of you guys go. Have a blessed Easter. A great week ahead. God bless all of you. Stay strong. Stay positive. Have faith. Take care.